Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Winchester Radio. This is our first podcast for the seventh season of Supernatural. Uh, my name's Becky, and with as an official podcast co-host this year, we have Vinny. Hey, hi, Vinny. Hi, guys. And so we're here to talk about the first episode of Supernatural's seventh season, Meet the New Boss. First of all, it's amazing that Supernatural has a seventh season. That is just it's just so wild to me because it's all, it seems like every year we're all like, oh, my God, are we going to get another season? Are we going to get another season? And we're up to the seventh season. That's just crazy. Especially since, you know, well, at most thought we get five, so. Right, right. And it, it, it's just unbelievable and amazing, and I love it. I want it to go on forever. So let's start. What did you What did you think, Vinny? I, I, first of all, I have to say I love them starting with slow rides. I thought that was a really cool song to start the year off with. Unexpected. Very unexpected. And the scenes that they put with it, I thought were really good. Um, I did like them picking up right where we left off. Instead mm-hmm. of giving us any kind of jump or, you know, just filler to bring you up to speed, having it just pick up exactly where we left off last season, um, put you back in that variety. Right at that second, that was cool. So I thought that gave it the same, um, like it was effective as far as getting the impact for that moment. Um, I gotta say, Mish Collins, he's good. He really he has was that good. He, he has that benevolent God uh, attitude down, or you know, where he thinks he's being benevolent at least. Oh, I just realized I forgot to um, give the call-in number. Um, if you'd like to call in and ask a question, talk with us about the episode, the number is three four seven two zero five. Nine eight zero one. So there we go. Give us a call. Um, and yeah, Misha. I mean, Misha played what about three or four different versions of Castiel last night. It was like totally different characters he was playing. Yeah, and it it really showed his range because we were so used to getting just that deadpan, straight man, childlike angel out of him. And every now and then you get his strength as an angel, but nothing to this degree. And especially at the end when you just get that gleeful evil that's bordering on insanity, I enjoyed that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And although I have to say right before he turned into crazy Leviathan Castiel when he was just regular Castiel, I... I didn't realize how much I had missed regular Castiel until that moment. I was like, oh, there he is. There's the guy we know and love. And then he went all insane crazy. And I'm like, oh, I was basically saying the same thing he was. Yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be good. I'm going to like this. I went from, oh, no, to, oh, I like this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
worried. <laughs> but I was I was shocked at how upset I was when he was laying on the floor, not breathing, if he ever breathed, who knows. But, you know, presumably dead, how much I cared that <laughs> he was dead. I wasn't expecting to have that kind of emotional reaction to him potentially being gone. I've gotten so many you know, his head exploded and he came back just fine, so false sensitivity. Right, right. Um, and it's it's wild because, you know, we don't know how much we will have of Misha this year. I, it, I mean, to me, it was setting it up to where it looks like he's going to be the big bad for the year. But then, you know, he's just a special guest star. He's not, you know, a main guy like he has been for the last two years. And so it makes me wonder how much will we actually get of Misha. Yeah, because I would like to see him be the big bad, but in essence he was last year's big bad in a way. We just didn't know it. Right. Two years of the same big bad is a lot to ask of the writers. So we'll have to see. Um, Although I would thoroughly enjoy it because the scene right after he leaves uh, Bobby and the boys and goes back up to heaven and he's laying in that field of dead angels. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of my favorite, one of, one of my favorite visuals of all time. Uh, to me, it looked like a field of dead crows. Yeah. And it was, it was really cool looking. It was, I, I want, you know, I'm, you know, visual effects people, Ivan and his, his, his group, they are the ones who, you know, did that, I'm sure. And I wonder if they if they tried to make it look like, you know, if that, if that was what they were going for, was the dead crows, field of dead crows. Yeah, but the visual effects department knocked it out of the park on this episode in general, but especially that scene. I just, between the high contrast of the colors that they use for heaven with the black of the wings and... We had a caller for a minute. We had a caller for a minute, but they hung up before I got to them. So, caller, call back if you want to talk. Um, come talk to us. Uh, but even like the, if you look really closely at the grass, there's like bugs calling in the grass while the angel is laying there. Just like the little details like that. Totally uh, amazing. I love it. Supernatural seriously has the best crew. They really do. We have to talk about it. What do you think of the title card? I liked it. I liked it a lot. It reminded me, you know, the black goo stuff like from um, the conworm or like even with um, Six Files with alien black goo. It reminds me a lot of that stuff. So I thought it was really cool. I I liked it. I liked it almost like Actually, black and white feel of it. Uh, we have our caller back. Um, caller from area code two hundred seven. I'm gonna put you on the live. Okay. Hello, caller. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Okay. What's your name? Mike. Hi. Lewis what's your name? Lewis. How are you? Pretty good. And you? Hi. We're good. We're good. What do you want to talk about? 
Well, I've been watching the show since it started, and it seems like when the season is coming to an end, they kind of drop an idea about what the next big villain is, and I was convinced it was going to be Castiel, you know, based on the you know season six finale. But now it's he brings up this idea of a Leviathan, and you know you'd think that the writers would know to kind of give Sam Dean and Bobby a chance to even do five seconds of research to see if there's anything about it. They just kind of like throw it on us and like, boom, you know, there was no preparation for it. Like, we got this big bad new enemy. And nobody knows how to deal with it, so it's like I'm wondering how they're going to fit that into the storyline. That, that that is a really good, really good question. I do wonder because Jess did say that they were really, really old before humans and everything. So I wonder if they are even in the books. I don't know. That's something I'd like to find out. I just kind of thought that they usually, seems like every season they give us some kind of hint, some kind of research that the boys do in order to kind of have an idea of what they're up against, even if it ends well or not. just seems like they kind of threw this enemy on us, and I don't know if it's going to get too scatterbrained throughout the season to keep up with it, and all new enemies and new hunts. I'm just curious on how this Leviathan creature is going to play into the finale, because in season six I was convinced that um, the mother was going to be like something we'd see at the end of the series, like something, some season finale thing, and then she ends up getting killed, what, almost halfway through, a little more than halfway through the season. So it's like Castiel becomes the new enemy. It's kind of throws a wrench in the the whole thing, and I don't know. I'm just wondering how they're going to throw this Leviathan off to actually carry the season. What do you think, Vinny? You've got a point, which is kind of like what we were saying, you know, is... Is it a? Is Castiel almost like a false ad? Is he just a smokescreen? Maybe. I mean, you saw Castiel in the premiere episode. He was, you know, Castiel kind of came back to himself for a second and a half, but you know, boom, it's like you snap your fingers and he's got a Leviathan in him and it's like, you know, all hell's going to break loose now and I just, I don't know, I'm just kind of hoping it doesn't throw off the season. You know, I hope they don't take too long to explain it and it just drags out and drags out. You know, if anything, we learned last year, you know, they jump, they're, you know, they're going from one, They last year they went from one thing to another, so, you know, it may, it may be what they're doing this year. And, you know, like that to be, in this episode we thought it was the souls that was, doing that to Cass and making him act all weird and everything. And then we find out it's actually the Leviathan. So that was a change-up right there in the episode. So you never know yep. with these with the supernatural people. That's right. That's right. Because it does seem well, good this episode, in progression, yeah, it, it did move faster. Oh, yeah. Generally, you know, what they packed into one episode usually takes about three. Exactly. True. What do you think of the opening? Loved it with the with slow I, rise. Yeah, I love. I always, I always, I always look forward to the season premieres and the season finales because they always have the best road so far. Yes, yes. Love it. This was a really good montage. It was set up everything really well. That if you hadn't, if you had really not watched the show for the summer, it brought you back up to speed. Yeah, exactly. Well, good talking I, to you, I, girls. I'm going to keep on listening. So, all right. I just, I just wanted to know how you felt. Yeah, I'll call again next time. 
Great. Awesome. All right. You guys take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, going talking about the Leviathans like he was, I was, you know, I wonder, you know, talking about we don't know how how much Misha is in this season, which I hope he is there for the whole season as the big bad. I think that would be awesome. But I wonder if the Leviathan could be like Meg and all the other demons that we've seen that can jump from body to body. That would be interesting to see. But on one hand, it'd be, it'd be a cool aspect to have. On the other hand, then we lose Castiel, Misha, you know. Right, and I don't want to lose Misha. <laughs> well, not only that, it's a little, it's even creepier because you have the the connection to Castiel being the guardian angel and kind of bumbling and to have him be like, even as Castiel, whenever he would have those bursts of strength where he would remind you, like, I'm an angel and I can kick your ass. Uh-huh. Now to have him just full on like this, it um, it makes it scarier when it's a familiar face. This is, that's, that's true. It's really true. And, oh, I'm watching, you know, I always watch it as we're talking, and did you notice, I thought it was really neat, that Dean was wearing a Survivor Eye of the Tiger t-shirt at the beginning uh, when I he was first working on the I thought that was so cool. I didn't notice. I was too busy. Um, I was too busy with, the, like, with, with Dean focusing on how parallel we had to the second season opener with him rebuilding the Impala as not only, you know, he needs his mode of transportation, but as a focus, that's something that grounds even, him. He even said the same line, all, all I have to do is work on the car. Mm-hmm. It's basically the exact same line. So, yeah, a really good callback. And it's something that he does alone, even though he's at Bobby's, and in this one he's not in mourning, but he's still doing it alone. It's his focus. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and I do also like when we get the reminders that Dean is capable. Yeah, um, yeah. And I like the line where he says, you know, I'm not stupid. You know, because we, yep. we do tend to forget that, you know, yeah, Dean didn't technically graduate high school. You know, he's just got a GED. He didn't go to college. He's just street smart, but he's, he's not an idiot. And he knows what he's dealing with, and if he chooses to cope with it, how he copes with it, well, that's his choice, but it's not because he doesn't understand what's going on around him. Yeah, Dean's a lot smarter than what he gets credit for, You, that's for sure. Oh, definitely. One of my favorite scenes was, it was with Chuck, I think, in Monster at the End of His Book, when they first meet up with Chuck, and Chuck mentioned um, he was writing something very um, Kurt Vonnegut, and Dean says, you know, well, Slaughterhouse-Five Vonnegut, or I forget which is the other book, but Sam looks at him funny. He's like, what, I read? And, you know, it reminds me of that kind of scene. I like that. Yeah, that you you get these little flashes that he's a little more self-educated. He didn't go, he didn't go to college, but he, he's got his own form of education going. Yep. Um, and to fix a car, I mean, to fix a car to the degree that he does, you know, to rebuild it, that that's some brains right there. 
um, my husband my husband rebuilds cars, and so I when he was um, when Dean was in the car with his feet up on the roof, you know, trying to bang out the roof in that way, I asked my I asked Russ, I said, okay, would you really do that? You know, and he said, like, yeah, that's one of the ways. And but then when Dean got back in with the hammer, and he's like, but I don't think that would really work. <laughs> it's more of a mallet than a hammer, but I I the feet the the feet were more believable to me because you know it gives you leverage and it's not going to provide right. any more. So it was more believable for me. Um, and uh, I've got I've got this scene pulled up uh, that I'm watching when Dean goes to the church. Uh, Dean Castiel goes to the church, and it's basically like a Westboro church is what it seems mm-hmm. like to me with the preacher preaching against you know lifestyles that he doesn't approve of and. I thought it was a really cool touch when Castiel changed the stained glass to him. I thought that was really uh-huh. neat. That was a really cool visual. Um, kind of, you know, it bordered on cheesy, but it pulled back just enough. That it there, were a lot of, there were a lot of really cool visuals in this and different angles that they filmed from, like... Um, at the beginning in Bobby's house when Sam first wakes up and he walks in, we're seeing a view of Bobby's kitchen and stuff that from an angle and uh, that we've never seen before and made it look totally different, I thought. Yeah, you're used to thinking of Bobby's house as very cramped, but this made it look much more open, and it gave mm-hmm. a nice balance of the distance that Sam and Dean have because, you know, clearly we know that Sam's not going to be forthcoming. We already know that as viewers. Um, right, but it kind of gives you that visual impact of it as well, and um, and you have the effect of you know when Sam's having his nightmare hallucination and gets dragged up to the ceiling by the chain. That was another really good effect. Um, I thought it was really cool that with. Sam's um, hell hallucinations, he saw, saw the chains and the meat hooks, which was, you know, really similar to what we saw of Dean in hell. So it sounds like, you know, they must have had a lot of the same experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, you do, you know, we get from Crowley last season where hell had been a lot of torture, 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 physical torture, you know, classical kind of tortures until he stepped in and revamped it. So you do get... And made it a lot of standing around in line, which I still think that's hilarious. Which is way more my version of hell. I'd I'd rather be hung by a hook than stand in line for an eternity. (laughs) (laughs) At least getting hung by a hook has an end to it. Um... I did also like how they actually put Dean in um, a mechanics jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, that he seemed to almost take it more seriously. Mm Mm-hmm. So I like that. And I I did like when he said, you know, I should do this professionally, which I thought Mm -hmm. was interesting because, you know, when he lived with Lisa there was a lot of speculation that what he was going to do was going to be become a mechanic, and he didn't. 
Yeah, he looked like he was a construction worker, it looked like. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was that was interesting that they kind of fell back to that. I feel like their wardrobe is a bit different for this season, though. Like, um, when Sam woke up after, you know, when they first got back and he was, when he was walking like we were talking about there in the, through the kitchen, he was wearing clothes to, to me that was not Sam-like. They were more Jared-like. That's and exactly. I Even my mother yeah. did the same. She said, did they, did they forget to put him in costume? <laughs> Maybe he was late that day. It's possible. Uh, but even, even Dean, it's almost like his clothes look really new. Although, I believe in one scene, he was wearing that red plaid flannel shirt that we haven't seen in a while that, you know, he used to wear a lot in the first two or three seasons. Mm -hmm. So, I I think he was wearing that in the scene where he was looking in the glass. There's a slight change in wardrobe that makes them look almost less vagabond, less, it makes them look cleaner almost. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's significance to that, but they look a little more put together. Uh, quite the family reunion going on in this episode. Uh, yes, part, so many people. You know, I'm always and, happy to see Crowley. I'm always afraid of Crowley dying. And oh my gosh, your heart kind of breaks for him when you see that he's having to live in a trailer because you know he does not like that. <laughs> he's used to much better days than that. Taken over Cass and 
it didn't end up like it was. I wonder how that relationship would have worked with those two. I, I actually kind of, you know, the Cass and Crowley show, you know, that would make a good spinoff, I think. Oh, yeah. I'd watch it. Oh. And how how great was it seeing Mark Pellegrino again? And that was unexpected for me. Because yeah, I had I, completely... Uh, believed that he wasn't there for Supernatural. Yeah, me too. Uh-huh. When, he was, when he was spotted in Vancouver, I believed that he was not there for Supernatural. So I thought, well, what for? Uh, so, and it was even scarier to see him without his skin rotting off. Mm-hmm. It, adds, it adds a creepy factor again when someone looks so intact, but is talking to you so evil, so crazy, and so rational. It, it really hits home. Um, which is also, you know, why you know, him really messing with Sam and telling Sam this has all been part of your torture. None of this is real. Uh, I, I thought that was that was good. I, I, that's, a, that's a good way to get to somebody. And from, spoiler, if you haven't watched the little preview for next week, uh, it does look like Sam, that's what Sam believes, so that he is still in hell. So it looks like next week's going to be really cool. And it seems like he can't, like he's going to have, well, like as much as he's saying, I know it's real, I know it's not, but he's going to have some issues differentiating reality from. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to the Sam storyline this year. With I wonder how long it will go on with with him having the post traumatic stress disorder, basically from hell. I'm, you know, they can't keep it on going too long, you know. So, but I, but I think for that storyline, it's going to be really good. I think Jared will be able to pull some really good stuff with it. Yeah, I am hoping that it doesn't. They don't drag it out, but I'm also hoping that they don't gloss over either. That it gives it, that they give it a good balance. Mhm. Yeah. I hope it, I get hope it gets its just balance. Oh, and going back to Mark Pellegrino, I had gotten used to seeing him on The Closer this year as his character Gavin on there, and it's so different than Lucifer, so it was really wild seeing him so different. Oh, we have another caller, a uh, caller from area code 602. Hi. It's Jamie. Welcome to the show. Hi. Is this Jamie? Yes. Yay, Jamie. Vinny, you know Jamie. Hey. Yeah, hi. She was tweeting that she might come on the show, so here she is. <laughs> yes, I'm a big chicken. <laughs> oh, it's, it's fun. Fun. It's just, it's just sitting around talking about Supernatural. We do that all the time. We do. <laughs> so what did you think of the episode? I loved it. I honestly loved Death so much. He's freaking awesome. Like, yeah. Julian Richings is amazing. I love how snarky he is, especially to Castiel. He, like, doesn't take his crap, you know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was really good. And I love that Death loves 
um, junk food, basically. I think that's so funny. Any kind of food, yeah, like fast food. He loves it all. I love that. <laughs> he's such a normal guy, but at the same time, you know, he's very creepy and scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the idea of Bean taking him fried food just to, like, calm him down and him being like, no, and still sitting down and eating the fried pickles, like, yeah. He still could resist them. <laughs> still could not resist them. So what was your favorite part, Jamie? I don't know. I love the whole thing. It was all amazing. Like, every single thing about it, it felt like season one again with how scary and creepy it was. Like, and just the, the, like, the coloring and everything was pretty, like, I like how they change it each season. It's kind of different, you know? Right. But the whole feel of it felt kind of like it was season one again, you know, like, back to the whole brotherly thing, even though, obviously, each character is very different than they used to be back then. It's still nice going back to that old kind of old camaraderie they kind of had, you know? Yeah. Is there... Anything that completely surprised you or shocked you that you didn't expect to happen? I don't know. The part where the hand started stretching past the old stomach freaked me out. My mom, like, outright screamed at that part. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I was not expecting that either, and it was pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how they did it. Again, yeah. I got to get to their effects department because... I wonder if it was, you know, done with a computer or if they had some, like, stretchy material or something, you know, that they did it with. Because it did look like part of it was possibly prosthetic, but that stretching had to be CGI. I don't know. We'll have to. Maybe they stretched it first and then, like, attached it to cast with CGI. Maybe. Could be. We'll have to get Ivan back on the show and ask him. Right. <laughs> Ruin it for us. <laughs> I have to say what surprised me was that they didn't steal the crystal lightning bolt, that they just decided to do the ritual there in that, in that couple's house. That poor I was, family. Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I thought they you know, steal it and go. I... I mean, I guess it's a it's a good way to get that couple to understand why you're breaking and entering, but I'd rather you steal from me than ruin my house. And really, and, you know, like, with... Sorry you for life. <laughs> <laughs> There's no insurance for Winchester. Like, how do you tell your insurance company that? And that ritual, when they did it, it caused you know, all kinds of things to break and cracks in the walls the and everything. Cracks. So, <laughs> yeah, like, so that, that's going to, you know, take a lot of work. But then not only did the, they have their house falling apart, but they had angels and death and gods and, you know, showing up and disappearing and threatening to kill. And, it, I mean, yeah, just when the camera would show that couple over there, I was just cracking up trying to, you know, thinking of what they must be thinking about. Well, I love how nosy the wife started getting, like, wait, what, what? I can't hear, I can't see. Let me see, let me see. <laughs> she looked like, really wanted to know so what going <laughs> um, And I did like that with death, instead of just, you know, in a lot of shows you get when, when an entity or, like, a witch or whoever is bound, you just get them, like, waving their hand and it doesn't do anything. They can't, 
I like the actual like visual of the whatever they however they did that you know mystical binding chain between his hands. Mhm. I like that they give you an actual visual representation of it instead of him just you know squinting real hard and nothing happening. And I thought it was, you know, as soon as he went to, you know, so if God, this is this is one question I had. If God, Castiel, I don't think he actually was God, but if God with the Levi, if Castiel with the Leviathan power was strong enough to break the binding spell on Lucifer, I um, mean, you know, it looks like then, to me, that seems like he's actually stronger than death. But see, death makes it seem like he could have taken Castiel out. He was just like, nah, not my fight. Yeah, yeah. Because he was going to take him out. That he was older than God and angels, but the um, Leviathan is older than angels or whatever? So I'm wondering, is yeah. death as older than Leviathan? Are the Leviathan older than death? Are they more or less on par with each other? Didn't he say that he he was... I think he's older than the Leviathans because he said something to about when God created the Leviathans, so he was basically there at the time. And he liked well, that, he liked that was them. the first thing God created. Yeah, right. and, face. So death is older than God, but he watched God create the Leviathan, so he is older than them. Mm-hmm. I like him just, yeah. you know, being annoyed at, at Cass's uh, arrogance. Mhm. And I liked when Dean was like, "Okay, we'll go with that." <laughs> <laughs> well, I like how they get real high and mighty with death, and they're like, "Sir." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like Bobby said, "Uh, your honor." <laughs> your honor. Um. But no, I think I think Julian did an amazing good job as always at that that perfect balance of. Humor and fright, because you do fear him. Mhm. He is good at that. And he's going to the Toronto convention, I believe. So I'm looking forward to hearing what the people going to the Toronto convention what they say what he's like in real life. I'm hoping to get him out of L. A. That would be cool. We got to start that putting creations cool. about that. We have to. Do a little push for that. So, Jamie, something else that anything else? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, what did you think about um, Castiel with the Senators? With what? At the Senators' campaign office, going to going to take out the senator. Oh, yeah. I don't know, that was weird, but obviously the Leviathan killed everyone. I kind of wish they would have showed that, just to see, because they didn't really show what he's like in action. I mean, throwing Dean and Bobby, okay, anyone can do that. (laughs) You know, everyone does that. But I kind of wanted to see how this thing works, you know, how he operates. Well, no, it seems almost like he he had a blackout, and that's not what he intended to do. So it would be interesting to see video footage picked up. Because I thought for sure we were going to get that, and we didn't. 
Misha did a really good job at being creepy, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cassio, I think he's going to enjoy that character because he won't have to have the gravelly voice for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there you <laughs> Cassio definitely did black out at that, you know, in the senator's office there because when he woke up, you could tell he was like, had no, he did not know that what he had done. Shocked. And so, so that makes me wonder if, you know, there at the end when the Leviathans took over, if maybe it was kind of like the same thing. Even though he's you know, maybe Captain Yeah, maybe he's not actually dead. Maybe he's just in an extended blackout. That's what I'm curious about because the Leviathans seem very adamant that Castiel's gone, but. I'm thinking he's in there somewhere. Everybody, everything's always in there somewhere. Uh huh. And uh, then, then you got Jimmy. I want you know, is Jimmy still in there? And well, I thought for a second because you know you always have that, <laughs> that horror movie feeling of somebody's never really dead. So when he was laying there, I thought he's gonna wake up. He's gonna wake up. I thought, oh god, he's gonna wake up as Jimmy. Oh. Oh you know, yeah. Family to go back to, he has nothing. So that was one of my first thoughts. Of course, wrong. But Amanda, no. Amanda is tweet, um, tweeted that she maybe it's due to budget restraints why we didn't get to see the Leviathan yet, which is a very good possibility. That's a good point. And I do like she said that it's kind of like a split personality thing. With Cass and the Leviathan, and that's yeah, that that's a really good way of saying it too. I think. Yeah, it, it is a lot like um, like dissociative uh, disorder. Because uh, I know you know from what little bit I've read, and I've seen the movie Sybil a few times, <laughs> and uh, you know it seems you know if you do have the multiple personality disorder, you don't remember. You know, it's like a blackout. You don't remember what happened. So it is a lot the same. Oh, well, Jamie, we've got another caller here. So I am going to Alrighty. say hi. And I'm, I'm so hey. glad you called. You have to call me. Oh, they hung up. <laughs> so caller, if you want to call back, give us a call back. And Guess I'll hang up. Jamie? <laughs> okay. It was good talking All to right, you, Jamie. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye. <laughs> oh. I do have to say I'm impressed with how how well Dean functioned with this much alcohol in him throughout the entire episode. I know. He was drinking all the time. And that was a it seemed like that one time when Sam came in when he was watching the getting he was watching the news and then he ended up Watching the Asian Japan Asian cartoon porn uh, that it was early it seemed like it was early in the day that he was drinking really really early. Yeah, it was. I mean, I didn't really bat an eye at the couple of beers, but he was really slamming back the whiskey. Oh, we have a caller. Caller from area code two four zero. Hello? Hi, you're live on the air. Hi. Hi, what's your name? Turnell. 
All right, thanks for calling. Did you have a question or anything you want to talk about? Well, actually, it was about what you were mentioning before when you were talking about Castiel, because I was thinking another kind of visual cue, I guess, that Kaz isn't dead is that we didn't see those wings. That's true. Good point. And then, well, basically, I'm just sitting here listening. That is a really good point, because I think it would be a tragedy if when Dean died, if when Castiel died, we don't get to see his wings. Ah, if he's not really an angel anymore in any way. Well, no, because he did say that, but, you know, his... I can't figure out if some of his abilities were still there because of these the souls, or like I was just never really clear on some of that last night. I was I was curious as to whether if he does say that he'll just heal himself. I was curious if he heal himself or did the Leviathan heal the body? Oh, that might be the case too. So that's something I was curious about. I wonder. And according to death. Castiel wasn't actually God or a God even. He said he was just basically a mutated angel. I do remember that. We did have that brief period a couple seasons ago where Castiel was human. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we know that they they will play with his genealogy if if they have to. Oh. Well, anyway, that's I was basically calling in to say I'm going to keep listening, but <laughs> I just, you know. Hmm? I'm sorry. Oh, thank you for bringing it up. That was a good point. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. You're welcome. That was a really good point. I hadn't even thought of that didn't even occur to me, which, considering it's my fav- one of my favorite visuals, it didn't even. And we even uh, mentioned it at the beginning with all the other dead angels. Yeah, and it never even occurred to me for Castiel to have his wings uh, when he dies. Which you'd think he'd probably uh, have one of the bigger sets of wings. Pardon the euphemism. Yeah, we did see them again, remember, in French Mistake at the end of it when um, Raphael and Balthazar are there with Sam Dean at the end when they come back from the TV world. Um, Cassiel shows up and shows his wings again. Oh, yeah. Right. Amanda tweeted that, um, going back to Dean's drinking, that she thinks that the drinking is maybe his way of dealing with everything and that it will play out in the later episodes. I have been wondering for a while if they for were going to, if, yeah, if they're going to actually make that a thing, if it's going to actually be a problem for Dean. Because last year when um, Jana Liesberg, the director um, for um, uh, You Can't Handle the Truth, when she was on, she mentioned that um, she specifically had, um, I think it was in that, I think it was her, um, Castiel served Dean a drink when he was nervous and they were talking at the beginning of the episode. 
because she felt that that Castiel knew that Dean drank to for comfort. And so if if you know if even you know they're noticing those things, I think that that, that would maybe as a you know that they will play it out Dean's drinking problem. And I would like to see them address it. Um, I don't know if they're going to try to, if they do address it, if they're going to run it concurrently with with Sam uh, dealing with having been in the cage, or if they're just never, ever going to mention it, and we're just going to have to assume that, yes, Dean is an alcoholic, deal with it. Yeah. So. And wasn't there, I forget which episode, and I could be totally just making up fan fiction in my mind for some reason, but wasn't there an episode last year where he had um, pain pills, a bottle of pain pills or something? Yes. No. So, yeah, he he tends to self-medicate. He does, which can't blame him. With the lives that they've had, well, and if you think about it, because they are just men, uh, albeit very well trained, the aches and pains that they must have, it kind of makes sense well, that they would have to numb themselves in some way. Yeah, the actual physical pain, it's true. Because in Monster Movie, when Dean figures figures out that he must be rehyminated, um he mentions that, you know, all of his crooked fingers from all the broken fingers and everything are all straightened out. And, you know, he yeah. all, all of those past injuries and that, you know, we have, we never actually saw on the show, but you'd think, you know, as in their line of work that, yeah, they've had those injuries. There's only so many times you can be thrown into a wall before you start to feel it the next morning. Right. Oh, Amanda, she's so funny. She just tweeted that she's a pharmacist. She can help Dean with his pain. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) As long as as he doesn't end up with cirrhosis. Well, that's all Dean would need on top of everything else, getting cirrhosis. Uh, Maybe he can, you know, find him another angel or something that would be able to you know, cure that for him. Well, you know, he did survive the instant stomach cancer, so... Right, right. We'll fix him up somehow. (coughs) Excuse me. Um... I did, like at the end when Castiel was standing there in front of, they were making the door for the Leviathans to go out, when he fell and Dean helped him back up. I thought that was a really kind of sweet little moment, you know, Dean kind of remembering that Castiel was his friend kind of thing, you know. Well, it was also sad that this strong angel, this superhuman being, can't even hold himself up. Mm -mm. To see Castiel so bloody and battered and weak. And 
I loved the the visual effects of all of the souls going back to purgatory. That was mm-hmm. really cool. That was a good another good one. And uh, I gotta give it to Jim Beaver. He had a lot of Latin to recite. Yes, in this he episode. did. Two full he did. He, he he had what two different two scenes where he had to. That was a lot. So. And wasn't there a tweet? Didn't he tweet at some point when they were filming this about, I think, all the Latin he was having to do? I think he tweeted about it. I do vaguely recall that now. Now we we know what it was. But, um, and I did like the moment where you have Castiel saying he feels regret that he wants to make amends, mm-hmm. and Dean asking him if he feels better, and Dean saying no, and Castiel saying no, and Dean saying well, didn't make him feel better either, and then you get that moment after he helps Castiel stand straight again of him saying, Castiel saying he's sorry, so heartfelt, and the look on yeah. Dean's face of wanting to accept that apology, wanting it to be the way it was. Uh, I thought that was very well played by both of them. It was odd. I mean, I guess that they had to because of the storyline they're playing out with Sam, but it was odd to have Sam completely absent for all of that. I'm Uh, looking at our... I'm sorry. I was looking at our chat room, at the people chatting right now, and... um, they were saying that um, that uh, Marika Toss said that she hopes that they don't keep um, Dean drunk this season. It could be funny, but there's way more to Dean's character than that. Um, and then Ariel Haynes, um, she says she agrees, but she feels like drunk Dean is working its way into their current storyline as he has so much to take in and to wrap his mind around. And she almost feels like a few of the episodes will be touching on the fact that mental exhaustion comes with the job. And I, I I think I would have to agree with Ariel there. I think I think that is a big part of it too. Yeah, I I I agree that you. Then it goes back to the coping mechanism of it because you you don't just drink to forget; you drink to unwind. Mhm. Right. So, I I do I like I do like that being pointed out as well. And I, you know, we do have from the from the very first episode, we have, um, you know, the implication of John having a drinking problem, and it's it's something that got played out throughout the you know the little snippets we get of John as a father and John as a person. So. I'm interested to see that if they do address Dean's drinking, if they make a correlation between that. Mhm. Yeah, because wasn't it in the? Uh, it's right there in the pilot, I believe, when Dean comes to get Sam. He says he's probably at the cabin with. Uh, he, well, I think no, he tells. Yeah, with Jessica, probably got Jim, Jack, and Jose with him. Mhm. And was if was he telling that to? Um, Jessica, just as a, you know, in a, in a way to not tell the truth about the hunting, or did he actually mean it? I wonder. And that's one thing I've always wondered: was it 
just to kind of enforce maybe what he's told her about his, you know, try to try to explain away his lack of talking about his family, or was that? But then later on, we do get the idea that, you know, John probably had a problem. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'll be interested to see how they take it, and if they do take it any, in any direction. I think it would make at least, you know, one good episode, I think it would make a really, because we see, you know, Dean and Bobby are always wor- worried about Sam. It would be interesting to see them worrying about something wrong with Dean for a change. Mm-hmm. And I did, you know, going back, speaking of, you know, being worried about Sam, I did like Sam's rationalization of why he hadn't told Dean um, when he's saying, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to take away the one thing you have when there's so much else to worry about right now. Um, right. And it's just, it's such an in-character representation of Sam to think that he can handle it. And I think it's going to, you know, it seems to be playing out to where he's going to have to ask for help eventually. I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out to where he has to actually come and say, you know, I need you to help me get through this. Mhm. I'm hoping at least. Yeah. That'd be that'd be a nice that'd be a nice change from the the constant secret keeping. Sorry, my my dog barked there. Sorry. <laughs> As Vinny knows from talking to me, my on the phone all the time. Anyways, my little Wawa Lily. She she tends to bark a lot. I'm hoping she'll be quiet during this, or I'm going to have to put her in the other room. Oh, Lily. <laughs> I am looking wondered. at... Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm watching the part right now, right where Castiel's about to wake up, and Dean tells him, oh, Castiel, you child, why didn't you listen to me? And... I'm kind of hoping that they they kind of maybe touch on Dean's arrogance on that. Ooh, yeah, that is a good point. Because one of the things that I had thought about last season was, you know, Dean was so quick to tell Castiel, why didn't you come to me? Mm -hmm. And, well, I don't necessarily agree with how Castiel handled things. I don't really think he had the opening to go to to Dean in any way, especially during that you know during the time when Sam was gone. And it does kind of go back with um, last last year, which when it was Rachel, I think um, came back and she was like, you know, he comes all that you you're constantly asking him for, asking Castiel for help, but he's busy. He's, you know, he's running a war and all this. And it's true, they've always, always, always asked Castiel for help, but they've never really been there for him to help him, you know. No, what do they even know about him? Right, right. Uh. Um, little piece of news. I'm not sure if um, in five minutes the live show may end. I'm not sure if it will because the, they've changed Blog Talk Radio. 
I don't know if um, we're on for two hours. And how it always was was the first hour is live and the second hour is recorded, and you can listen to it later. So, but I'm not sure if this time, if now, both hours will be recorded or not. If we, you know, if we go past 8:30 um, here at the 8:30 mark. So, in four minutes, we the live show may end. If it does, you can always listen to us later through Blog Talk Radio. Um, iTunes, you can find us on iTunes, just search for Media BLVD, and you can find our shows, and all the links will always be on winchesterbros.com, on our Twitter, and on our Facebook. Um, however, it may go, the live show may continue, I'm not sure. So, at 8.30, if the show ends, tweet us and let us know if we're not on live or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Amanda brings up two points. Two good points on Twitter. She's uh, mentioning when Dean drank a lot when he came back from hell, and I was thinking about that too. And I was almost disappointed in season four when it was never fully addressed. It was mentioned and then it was dropped. So I do hope that they, you know, they do go back to it because yeah, it's it's been consistent. She's right. It's consistent. Mhm. And she also, I, I like what she says, talking about needing help. It's like when Bobby had to tell them, you know, ask them for help last year, which was one of my favorite scenes, I think, of all time. When Bobby was like, you know, hey, you know, the world does not revolve around you two. I need help too. Yep, I and I I agree. And and I ties into like I was saying about their arrogance. Because they do seem to forget that not everyone's at their beck and call. And here they are, summoning death for mm-hmm. to clean up their mess. And, uh, you know, and summoning Crowley and, you know, do for me, do, you know. So in, in, in just in this episode, they have, they summon Crowley so they can summon death. And then Sam goes out and pleads to Cassiel. Which I love that scene. I oh, love okay. that it was. Oh, here you know Sam, all that he's been through, and 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 Castiel is the reason that he's going through the hallucinations and everything right now because it was Castiel that took down that wall. Yet he's still trying to talk to him and trying to figure out a way to help him, and goes out and calls to him. I love that. Well, I like I like how full circle that was for their. Uh, their relationship because you have, you know, Castiel taking down Sam's wall, Sam literally stabbing Castiel in the butt, in the back, but Sam is the one that goes to plead to Castiel, and Castiel shows. When last season mm-hmm. we had, you know, every time Sam called for Castiel, Castiel never showed. No. So I, I like that it was finally for Sam that Castiel showed. Because it was so, and, because it was so heartfelt, and because Cass realizes he needs the help. And it, it still makes me. I still want to know: Did Castiel know when he took, um, when he took Sam out of hell? Did he know that his soul was missing? Did he know he was leaving the soul, the soul down there? I would like to know that. I don't think he did because he does make a comment. I don't know, but I think it's a season finale. No, it's in The Man Who Would Be King, 
where he says once he brought Sam back, he realized he made a mistake. And the way that the scene is shot, it's almost like he realizes that, some, that Sam's off in some way. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, it reminded me of Pet Cemetery, where you can bring you can bring oh, something, yeah. back, but they're not right. Mhm. Uh, so I don't I don't think he knew until he had already done it. And oh my gosh, Pet Cemetery! It's still I can't read that book, watch that movie. That's still the creepiest thing ever to me. <laughs> One of my favorites. So, people, listeners, if you're still listening, can you hear us? Are we still live? Let us know. Or did we did we go away? If you're if you're send listening to us, let us know you're listening to us. Send us a tweet. Let us know. Uh, nothing yet. Over in the chat room, somebody earlier said the audio was gone, but that was earlier. There was comments after that, so. I don't know. We could be live. Maybe we're not. I don't know. Amanda, if you're listening, tweet us. If if they're not (laughs) replying, we must not be on. (laughs) Okay, well, we can continue talking. I was reading on SuperWiki about the Leviathans because I was like, I've heard of Leviathans before, you know, what are they actually? And according to, on SuperWiki, it says, um, in the Judeo-Christian tradition, a Leviathan is a giant sea monster. And I was like, oh, I remember, I've heard that now. I remember that. Well, what I thought was funny enough, uh, writing the recap, I I spelled Leviathan. I'm still alive. (laughs) it didn't tell me that I spelled it wrong, so I was like, okay, it is a real word. I'm not crazy. <laughs> oh, thank but, you, Amanda. <laughs> thank you, Cammy, Nicole, Amanda, and Dawn, letting us know that we're live. Yay. Oh, your computer's updating faster than mine. I've only got Amanda. Oh, there are the other two tweets. Okay. <laughs> and people in the chat room, they said they can still hear us, too. Thank you, people in the chat room. Ah, yes. Okay. So, so they're going they're going with the the monster that we've heard before. Leviathans, you know, they're in they're in actual lore, but they're doing it differently because I really don't think Castiel is being possessed by a giant sea monster. No. And they're making it seem like I can't think of what it reminded me of, but it's um like the Leviathan are many but they refer to themselves as one. Like, we are Leviathan. So. We have a caller um, from 808 area code. And they're making it seem like... Hi, welcome to the show. What's your name? Oh, hi. Uh, this is uh, this is Jenny. I was just calling to tell you that you have listeners. You um, were in a... In a uh, uh, zone there for a few minutes without any callers, so I thought I'd, I'd give you a call. And uh, I uh, I was at the uh, Vancouver convention, which was um, just great. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm listening to myself. I better uh, 
her myself. Um, I forgot. I forgot about that. Second. Yeah, but I just wanted to call you to tell you that you you have uh, listeners over here in Hawaii, so uh, never fear. <laughs> oh, thanks for calling from Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Were you at the uh, were you at the Vancouver convention? Yes. Mm-hmm. We were. You there. were. Oh yeah, yeah. I, that was my first time, and I loved the uh, tours, and so I'm planning to go back again. It was it was great. Wow. That was your first convention. I'm sorry. Was that your first convention, first supernatural convention? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I uh, I haven't been to well, I've been to Vancouver before, but it was my first uh, supernatural convention, and I, it was uh, a lot of fun. It was just great. Um, I, I found that I had a, a, too many uh, autographs, so I, I donated some autographs to somebody. Uh, uh, my son got. I guess he didn't realize that when you get a, a seat, you also get an autograph. So he got autographs on, on the side, you know. So I had too many autographs. But yeah, I just I'm uh, I'm really uh, this uh, new season is really a, uh, a shocker for me. Everything is very. Uh, um, I'm sort of daunted by the, by the turn of events, <laughs> but I have to hang in there and. and uh, but uh, anyway, uh, keep on keep on talking because you've got a lot of fans over here. Thank you so much. Thank, yes, thank you for calling, Jenny. Thanks. Um, I will call sometime later. I guess when when maybe later in the season. Thanks. Well, yeah, call back next week. Okay. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye. Um, I was looking it up, uh, and now I'm seeing um, that, yeah, the Leviathan was a sea monster, but he's also one of the princes of hell. Uh Uh-huh. And a gatekeeper into hell. That's kind of interesting that... God created the Leviathan. Can't hear you, Benny. If God created the Leviathan, I wonder how that's going to play out with Crowley being the king of hell. Ooh, 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 ooh. Very cool. I wonder if, ooh, that would be really, I would like, like that if I, they go with that. Yeah. Is that going to create a power shift where here we have Crowley saying, Castiel is his boss. He's everybody's boss. But per the per biblical reference, wouldn't Crowley be the Leviathan's boss? Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. So I wonder if that's how they're going to balance that. One thing I thought that was really interesting, and I'm wondering if this is a clue, a hint as to how the season will play out. Um, Castiel said to Crowley that he had to keep um, Hell there because he needed to keep Michael in the cage. And then, according to SuperWiki, 
um, says in the Talmud states that Michael and Gabriel are the ones who slay the Leviathan. So, I wonder if Castiel specifically wanted Michael to stay there because he knew Michael was basically the only one that could kill him. And I wonder if maybe that's a way that they might, that that may be how the Leviathan gets killed. Maybe maybe they're going to bring Michael out of the cage. Maybe we'll get to see Adam again finally. And that's how, that's how they'll deal with it, I wonder. That's a good point, too. There's a lot of a lot of ways they can go go with this. And see, yeah, Amanda said she caught it too, where um, Beth said Leviathans were plural. But everything that I'm looking up um, refers to the Leviathan as one being. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how they're gonna how they're gonna go with that. Is it going to be Are the Leviathan going to be many, or are they going to be one? Because they do imply many. I wonder if it's the kind of thing where there's a whole lot of them that make up the one. You know, there's some kind of creatures that are that way, too, so. We had a caller, and I was just sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't looking at the at the. We <laughs> didn't lost them. Sorry, call back. I was over here looking around everywhere else. Um, oh. I, I think that would. I I hope because I'm still I'm so upset that we still that they still don't we really don't know what happened to Adam. I'm really upset that you know Dean and Sam weren't trying weren't working hard enough to get Adam out of hell. I, that always still bothers me. I know, it's like, ah, uh, we had a brother. Meh. <laughs> yeah, he's in hell. <laughs> He'll be fine, no worries. Yeah, I, I, need, I do, I would like, I don't would say I don't need it because I don't always think about it, but I would like some closure to to the Adam situation because just, you know, you know that if Dean had been given the choice to save one brother, in season six, if they had gone with that instead of Castiel pulling one out, he would have chosen Sam. I mean, no contest. Oh yeah, definitely. And he cut in uh, the episode um, where Dean became death for a day. He um, he he had a choice at the beginning. You know, okay, you can pull one brother. You know, and he picked Sam. Oh, Teresa. Teresa in the chat room says Michael may be protecting Adam since Adam is his vessel. In I hell. just saw that. I like that theory. That's that's really good. Maybe Adam won't be as messed up as Sam is because Michael's protecting him. Well, it would be interesting to see Michael be uh, the favorite for somebody. Mm-hmm even if it is for Michael. I'm okay, I'm checking this. Did they I give us any... That. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just wondering, did they give us any indication how much time had passed in the episode? Like, 
was it days? Was it a week? Well, it must have been. It would have to have been at least a week, I think, because they basically showed how time was going by, how much of the Impala was being fixed. That's why I'm asking, because the only indication we get on time is the Impala. And I, I know started. with normal people, all that work that they had to get done, it would that would have at least two, three, four weeks worth of work there, but that's in real life. There's, you know, on, on the show, I don't know. <laughs> and they're not being Winchester fixing the Impala, so. Exactly. Um, Postal Pixie Pixie tweeted a really interesting link um, about um, Elder Evils, which is a book from um, Dungeons and Dragons. And the book presents nine Elder Evils, and the Leviathan is one of the nine Elder Evils in Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, the Leviathan is a monster of the deep composed of leftover chaotic energies from creation. That sounds interesting. That sounds like a good read. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over in the chat room, they made a good point saying, you know, um, I think we're pronouncing it in Castianity, uh, mm-hmm. saying, you know, that Cass has been, um, the Adam's been in the, he's been in hell for about two centuries, you know, in their time. So the possibility of him coming back as a demon is out there. Um. Ooh, that is, I hadn't thought of that, too. That's right, because had a long time. Yeah, he, he's he been down there a long time. So, you know, we have the, the idea that either maybe he's being protected or he could come back as the one to run from. And, and, and as we know from Ruby, you know, you're down, you know. You're down there in hell long enough. That's how demons are made. And uh, Teresa says, unfortunately, that makes him even more dangerous than Soulless Sam, which is true mm-hmm. because at least Soulless Sam had the rationale of, 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 yeah, of, good and, of good and bad, and this is what's wrong or right, even if he went what is the immoral way. Or the uncaring mm-hmm. way, uh, his intent was still for the greater good, or to you know, wrong or right. But a demonic Adam would not would not have that same moral compass. Or so. It'd be interesting to see if they do bring Adam back. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it. Unless you know, Jake Abel is really busy. I think they really need to bring him back and put an end to that. You know, in that storyline. I'm interested to see where you know Sarah and the rest of the writers uh, what they have mapped out for the rest of the season because you know it seems to be a lot of different ways you could go with that just from this one episode. There's a lot of jumping-off mm-hmm. points you could make. And I think that's one of the things that makes it made this such a really good episode because it really, it, it it just brought up so many different things, really, really cool things. 
it was uh, it was definitely one of the one of one of the best episodes I think because it really just opened up so many different stories. And and as far as like the season opener, it almost felt more of like a mid season arc episode than the season opener because there was so much going on. Mhm. It um you know which I guess you know they get the benefit of jumping off exactly where season six ended. They got that benefit of not having to do so much. You know, or the season six opener, you had to have the montage of Dean, what he's been up to. They didn't have to do that. Right. So they they did have that benefit. Yeah. It's amazing. If you think of just Dean, the differences in the beginning of sixth season, the beginning of seventh season. And, Yeah. He's really went through a lot him just Dean. Mhm. I thought it was um interesting. I'm watching the I'm watching the scene where um Castiel went to the senator's um office. I thought it was interesting the diff all the um people that Castiel was had decided who he decided was needed to be smoked. And the um, motivational speakers, that just, I, you know, that was funny, I thought. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny that he did that. And um, Dean's line about apparently new cast doesn't get irony as much, as well as old cast did. I like that. And I, I thought it was interesting how he gives the homeless man back his sight and he tells the, the homeless man, you're a true believer. Now, was it because he got such a heartfelt God bless you, or does he, is there, is there a way for, was he able to sense the same way he did with the preacher and whatever the preacher was up to, which we can infer, you know. Now, I wonder, in order- could he actually see into his soul? Could he, you know, could he see that? Yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm wondering. That's, you know, I think you kind of get into that. Well, okay, you give him his sight. Did you give him his sight because all you could do, or do you think he's going to do something with be able to do something with his life now that he can see? You know, mm-hmm. it goes mm-hmm. it goes into like the the idea of a of a biblical miracle where it's not a it's not a cure all. Right. I did like I I kind of I kind of like that. Um, and I liked the angle that we saw um, when um, the blind man looked up at Castiel when he could see him, and you know there's Castiel standing there with you know the sky and the clouds, basically heaven behind him. I thought that was a really cool, mm-hmm. cool visual. His face just deteriorating. Mhm. A nice ju- juxtaposition. Um, I had a check. With Phil Sagrisha, I believe, wasn't it, that directed this episode? He is really good. He's a awesome director, and he's he's probably directed most of my favorite episodes. I think. Yep. And Sarah 
Sarah Gamble wrote it. Another amazing episode from Sarah. Everybody from writer, director, visual effects, actors, everybody really came together and really gave us an amazing opener, which mm-hmm. is hard to do once once a show gets into its seventh season. It's not an easy thing to do, and they did it. Yeah. So I I have to I have to commend them all on that. Love our show. Uh, love our cast. Love our crew. <laughs> One of the things I thought was interesting that I'm curious about is when we've seen, seen Castiel go into the senator's office, he doesn't have that crazy smile look on his face. It's only when they're reviewing the tape. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a separate moment or... Is it the way that the, you know how you, you get in Supernatural where the camera picks up what the eye can't? Uh-huh, right. Oh, I like uh, Nicole Postal Pixie said, um, isn't it ironic uh, that it was a blind man that made Castiel see, I should that in quotations, that there was something wrong with him? Ooh, that, yeah, that's cool. So that's a nice point And I and I wonder if it took, you know, a true believer kind of taking pause at him mm-hmm. to make him realize that something was not right. Oh, Jamie in the chat room mentions one of my favorite lines. Um, the lady on the television talking about God coming to church. He was young and sexy. And he wore a raincoat. <laughs> a raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of reminded me of the um, Buffy Bot when she's like, and talking about when Buffy Bot was talking about Spike, <laughs> and he wears a coat. <laughs> it's all about the coat. The coat can do so much. Gosh. Well, and that's one thing that I like. You know, you, sometimes you get, you know, you, you mentioned Buffy, which makes me think. You know, when you get a personality change in a character, like, say, for example, Angel versus Angelus, you get leather pants. But with Castiel, no matter what incarnation you get of him personality-wise, his clothing never differs. Visually, he never changes. I wonder with the Leviathan taking over... Totally. If maybe the you know the Leviathan will change Castiel's clothes and you know say, hey, dude, it's time for a change and give him some different clothes. Nah, Misha Collins is not that lucky. He will have to wear that. He will have to wear the trench coat forever and ever. <laughs> He's not getting out of that. Uh, but I I've always found that kind of interesting that no matter what version of you get him personality wise. It never changes his outward appearance, where usually that's how television um, differentiates uh, a character's personality. You get either glasses or no glasses or, you know, extra hair product, leather pants, Mm -hmm. leather jacket, smoking, something to 
give you a visual representation. With Castile, you don't. Right. Oh, real quick, before I forget, I want to remind everybody listening, um, if you haven't checked out Divine the Series, you've got to check it out. It's made by several of the crew members for Supernatural, Ivan Hayden, visual effects supervisor. Um, he's um, he's a co-creator along with Kirk Schock, who is a fight coordinator, fight choreographer. Um, Jason Fisher, who is also works on Supernatural Crew, and Misha, who everybody knows Misha. <laughs> and also assorted of Supernatural cast and crew, uh, mostly crew, uh, are also involved in it. It's quite the labor of love for them. It's an amazing web series that they're putting out. A uh, new episode tomorrow at www.divinetheseries.com. And you can new also follow us on Twitter. The new episode should be up uh, around 10 p.m. tomorrow night, I think, Eastern Time. And um, follow them at uh, at Divine the Series uh, for updates on new episodes. They also give you a lot of behind-the-scenes videos, uh on their fight choreography, how they map out the episodes, a lot of interesting stuff. So check them out. You won't you won't be sorry. It's amazing. It's an amazing group of people. It's an amazing series. Lo- much love for these people in that show. You will love it. And I think tomorrow night's episode, I think, is the first one with um, Ben Hollingsworth's character. So it should be really good. Yeah. And the actors. Actors on the show, Dan Payne, who plays Divine, Chastity Bellastaros, who plays Jen, Alan Sawkins, who plays Deacon Jim, and of course we have, you have Misha, who's Father Christian. Great, wonderful actors. It's amazing. Check it out. If you were at the Vancouver convention that just uh, happened, you probably saw them all walking around in costume. Uh, they were there all day for two days. Um especially Alan. Alan was there for two days in two different costumes. So it's something that they really, really believe in. And if, in case you missed it, they did. Uh, we did a live video chat, web chat with them, front, live from Vancouver, uh, with Kurt, uh, Jacques, and Ivan. And you can see that on our YouTube account. Um, you go, you can get the link from WinchesterBuzz.com. The link is over on the left. And or you can also see it on Divine the Series. It's on. It's, they have it on their seri- their website under videos and special, I believe. And you can go there. And we've also had Ivan on our podcast um, back in June, I think it was. And so you can listen to him. Um, find the podcast link through our previous podcast. And he talks tells all about how Divine was created and what they had plans for and everything. So. Really good stuff. Uh, we'll keep you updated on any new episodes coming out with them and uh, any information. So. And tell your friends. <laughs> and mob website. 
Ivan writes hilarious blogs, although he did recently suffer a tragic loss of phone. Any of you that follow Ivan's blog know about the tragic loss of phone. You can visit their website and see the the, tr- the dedication to phone and pay your respects in the comments. Uh, Amanda uh, mentioned about our online charities just now. I do want to mention that we've been um, from August 1st through yesterday, we were ra- we've been raising money for the American Cancer Society uh, in honor of Director Kim Manners, who passed away to cancer a few years ago. Um, you fans, Supernatural fans, are awesome. We raised almost $7,000 for the American Cancer Society, and we um, we want want to thank all of the amazing people who donated items to us. We had. Um, Amy, Amy Gumminick, Matt Cohen, Chad Lindbergh, um, they they donated autographed photos to us. April Tellick, who is a saloon girl in um, Cheerland. Yeah, Frontierland. She donated autographed photos and her script. Um, Elias Tufaxis, um, he donated autographed photos. Jim Beaver, autographed book. Uh, Mark Pellegrino, autographed photo. Loud and Swain donated autographed photos and CDs. Colin Ford donated, uh, Brian Buckley Band donated autographed CDs. Um, Colin Ford donated autographed script for um, his episode, the third episode of this season hasn't even aired yet. Um, Julie McNiven autographed photos. Kim Rhodes donated a 15-minute Skype conversation. And we were able to, uh, we gave those prizes away all day yesterday to everyone who donated. We want to thank everybody who donated. You guys are just amazing. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for it. And if you, you know, hopefully we've gotten um, emails back from everybody, but I think three. And so those three people, we gave them 24 hours to uh, reply to the emails, and we told them if we didn't hear, we would be um, redrawing. So we will be redrawing winners um, probably tomorrow for three of the prizes. And I just want to let you know we have some amazing auctions coming up that we will be also having on eBay for the American Cancer Society. We have I don't want to I don't want to give it away yet, but we've got some really really cool stuff coming. And I will tell um, you know even some photo ops for an upcoming convention. And so we'll just you want to keep watching. We'll have we'll be posting that information soon. Um, um, thank you, Jamie, because she's in the chat room and she said even though she didn't win anything, uh, she's glad she could donate for such an amazing cause. So we thank, thank you, you, Jamie. And thank everybody because um, you really made this a huge success and you, we appreciate it more than you know and being able to donate that money to the American Cancer Society is it's a huge honor to be able to donate it in in the name of this is this fandom. You guys rock, seriously. Awesome. And hopefully we will um we you know, we're coming up with more ideas, so 
after the auctions, we'll try to have some more things. So just keep watching. Some exciting things in the works. Just bear with us. And um, this is our first podcast of the of the new year. We hope to. Um, last year we had some great uh, great guests on our podcast. We hope to have some more this year. Uh, we're already in talks with a few people, so you know, keep watching for those. Hopefully, we'll be able to get those worked out. Do you have anything else to say about the episode, Vinny? Um, I think we covered most of it. Um, I mean, a couple things I want to say, but they're spoilers, so I'm going to keep them to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, we'll get into them in, uh, in an episode or two. But, uh, yeah, but that, that's the hard part, this keeping the, the little bit of spoilers to to minimum. Still, even with the even with spoilers, they're still still real confused. <laughs> um, the ratings weren't that great, although they are on par for what CW um you know received for basically all their shows this week. The ratings uh, was only one point nine five million. Um, so if you guys can come up with any really cool ideas that we can maybe do to help promote Supernatural and get more viewers, you know, send them to us, email them to us, um, tweet them to us, you know, come up with something. We, You know, maybe we can come up with a really cool campaign to get more people watching. Any, any ideas, send them our way. And yeah, Jamie, I agree. It would it would be nice if CW started promoting. You're so right. Like uh, yeah. we were talking earlier, watched three other shows on the CW this week, and I only saw one promotion for Supernatural. One. So yeah, if CW is not going to do it, we're going to have to do it for them, I guess. Which is what we've always had to do. But you have to think about it. If we could get the CW to promote the show as much as it promotes some of the other shows, with Supernatural being on par with everything else without promotion, mm-hmm. is we could really get it to strive so much higher with more promotion. And I think it's... And, and as everybody knows, you know, us, we, you know, we, you tell us supernatural fans to do something, we do it, and we, we go far. Like we're the one, you know, because of all of us fans that got supernatural on the TV guide, and you know, so you, you, us supernatural fans, we, when we put our mind to something, we get it done. So come up with something, and we'll do it, and we'll be able to get supernatural back up there in the ratings. Let us know. You can tweet us ideas. You can also reach us at uh, winchesterbrosnews at gmail.com. That's uh, kind of our catch-all email, so that will always get to somebody. Um, and our contact information is also on the website. Um, so let us know what you think. If you got any ideas. So... 
I think I'm talked out. What about you? Got anything else? Uh, no, I think I could go for some dinner. Uh, sounds good to me. All right, well, we so. thank you all for joining us tonight. And all I just wanted to say, we've missed Clarity tonight. Clarity is our other co-host, but she had a previous engagement for this weekend. She really hates being with us, and we miss her. But she will be back next week. So next week you'll have Vinny, me, and Clarity. So it should be really cool next week. And hopefully we may have a guest. We're working on that. We may have a guest next week. So we'll keep you updated through the week if that works out. All right. Um, with that, we're out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Talk guys. Talk to you next week. Bye.